you will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B O D I dot com. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. I hope you got a good night's rest because this episode is going to be full of jabs. Do you like that? I felt like I was a watch what happens live. <laughs> like I feel like Andy Cohen here, but you know, channeling my inner Andy, let's get started with the Beverly Hills reunion. We just, it just filmed last night. We've been talking about it all day. We talked about it with our friend, Amy Phillips at Radio Andy, and we're, I'm still excited to talk about it. I mean, I could talk about it again tomorrow. If there's a random podcast out there listening and you need some guests, uh, slide into our DMs. I think this is going to be a reunion. One, it's four parts. So we're going to be talking about it for four weeks, but I think I could talk about it forever. There's just so much to unpack. And 90% of it is Erica, I will say. But for the 10% that isn't, she's going to make sure she somehow butts her way in there. That was the most annoying part to me. I was like, this isn't about you right now. And you're pissing me off. It was, yeah, no, it really was weird how she kind of chimed in and did seem like the wanted the attention back on her. I think our friend Lucy um, made a meme about it and she had like the camera. It's, it's pretty funny. We'll have to share it, but she definitely wanted the attention on her and her shitty makeup. her makeup was terrible it It was was, I mean really bad I mean listen and I don't normally like to like and I don't know you and I like like to be as tactful this is so midwest of us but we don't like I don't want to critique someone's appearance I will say like like, I don't like doing it you don't like love to do it but truthfully like I think because she has always had such good glam the fact that her glam has turned so shitty it's like so glaringly obvious like it's just a lot it's like someone who doesn't know how to do makeup for tv (laughs) <laughs> True. Yeah, I will no, I will say though, overall, I thought the ladies, first of all, this is not me commenting on anyone's body or the way they like, I'm not commenting on the way they look physically. I'm just commenting on their makeup and hair choices and the outfit for this particular event. I think a lot of them missed the mark. Kyle killed it in her confessional looks. She looked was stunning, glamour. And then she gives us these like rat tails hanging out of a weird, like, you know, falling around her face with a weird ponytail. I didn't think her makeup looked great. I didn't really love, I didn't really like really love particularly any of the dresses. Um, Garcelle's was actually my favorite. I wish the mesh piece was either gone or matched um, her skin tone a little bit because it was supposed to look like, like it didn't, you know, like it's supposed to look like it's almost like see-through. But honestly, and then like, I will say too, 
I did not like Dorit's dress because it did look too bridal to me, but her hair and makeup, she actually looked really good. I loved her hair and makeup. I was just going to say Dorit's was my favorite look, which isn't, again, I feel like the women were all over the place, but I feel like if her dress was black, like a different color, I would have like loved it a lot more, but I did like the styling. Like she usually, I feel like aside from the paper paper clip, (laughs) the clip hair moment and the gold hair, I feel like she's normally like pretty good with her makeup and hair. Like she usually can bring a look yeah, together. She does. Yeah. So she definitely can do that. So should we start with Garcelle and Dorit and just dive right in? I mean, I think like Garcelle at one point was like, I don't even know what the F to say. Like Dorit was like, you're not direct. You throw so many jabs. Like it was just like, she kept contradicting herself and all this is coming like a lot of this is being said after seeing a clip of basically Garcelle being pretty blunt and honest with them, like, and saying straight to Dorit, like, you know, F you don't call me a bully. Doesn't get much more direct than that. No. I mean, she was apparently just being very incessant, Abby, just incessant. <laughs> not the word bullying, but she was being incessant and she was um, smiling, smiling after <laughs> everything she said. So the smile, I felt like, like really triggered, uh, Dorit, it it was just very strange. I mean, ultimately, I think what Dorit was getting at, and this was getting into fourth wall territory, is that she basically is like, Garcelle, you talk shit in your confessionals, and I wish you would say it to our face. But they all do that. You know, Amy said it perfectly. The reason why the women were getting up, like, I think the reason why Rena and Dorit, those two the most, were getting upset with Garcelle is because this season she played out of the Real Housewives handbook and she played it better than the rest of them when it comes to the fans' reaction. And I think it pissed them off. It made them threat, feel threatened and it made them extremely nervous. And I honestly, I think they're jealous of her. And it, just the way that like Reno was trying to jump in there so quickly with the Dorit part, because I think Garcelle was so confused. She's like, I'm willing to let this go. We're going to have to figure out a way to just communicate better. It's real like the, with Dorit and Garcelle, it really was just a weird communication thing. And so then Rena jumps in and was like, oh, we're going to let it go. Well, that's nice. Are you really going to let it go? Oh, that's new. You didn't do that with me. And I was like, Jesus, Rena, like if somebody did that to Rena, she would have like stood up and been like, listen, honey, I'm the one talking right now. Like it was just, it was very weird to see. Dorit and Rena get upset for Garcelle basically doing what they have done for the last five plus seasons. And maybe they're mad because she does it better. And I mean, she does still remains relevant, which was also a topic. Um, (laughs) How relevant she was. I would love to ask Dorit, what, what did she mean by relevance? Did she mean trying to be relevant on the show? Did she mean in, in life? Like what was the, why was she saying that? I loved, I loved Garcelle's comeback though. Yeah. I mean, she really remained unbothered. And I will say like, I I've seen this, you know, comment in the Bravo sphere and people, I do kind of wish someone had Garcelle's back through all that because she was kind of getting ganged up on a little bit once Rena started to jump in there. Well, and then it turned into, you know, the question that Andy asked from a viewer was like, you know, Dorit, you've sat there and watched Erica yell at Eileen. She's yelled at Teddy, she's yelled at you. Like you've seen her and then you, you know, you've seen her do this and you've never called her a bully. She's like, well, those were isolated events. Uh, you know, with with Garcelle, it was incessant to like, you know, like you said, brought up the definition. 
It bothered me that she could defend Erica's actions, but she couldn't even apologize to Garcelle to say, sorry, I shouldn't have called you a bully. It was such a half-assed apology. It that was, it's honestly, I feel like she was caught with her pants down. And I think Andy like exposed like how stupid this fight is. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. So, I mean, like Erica has, I mean, she hasn't assaulted anyone, but like verbally, like people felt very threatened by her. And I don't feel like anything between Dorit and Garcelle was ever that. But I also think it's just her trying to, you know, get on next season and have yeah, something of a storyline aside. I mean, honestly, she's she's basically Melissa Gorga now. And the only reason why she's staying on is because of PK, which is crazy to think because there was a time when people were like, PK is going to be the reason why she gets fired. But you know what? We as like Bravo fans, we turn on people quick. Because remember like last season, we all loved Dorit. <laughs> and now we're like... Yeah, she's on Dorit. Yeah. Like, I mean, we like flip flop like no other. I do enjoy Dorit. I just didn't enjoy that interaction and thought it was like n- irrelevant for her. Like, it just was stupid. I am here for the Fox Force Five. That's now the Fox Force Four. Just dissolving. It feels you can definitely feel a division where Rinna and Erica are still together. Dorit and Kyle are not. Seems like Kyle is kind of starting to buddy up a little bit with Garcelle a little bit more. They like the way they were seated, the kind of the body language when things were being said. I'm kind of here for a shift. I don't, not that I want them to all turn on each other and it get like ugly, but I don't think we need to see the four of them constantly up each other's butt like we have seen for the last couple of seasons. And I, I don't know, I was kind of here, for, I'm here for the shift. Um, I because think I Dorit think and Kyle are good because they've hung out a couple yeah. of times. No, they're good. I don't think I think Rena. It's Rena and Erica as a twosome. Oh, and I, I think see. I follow. I follow. You. I think it's Dorit and Kyle as a twosome. I don't think. I mean, we heard Erica say she's not talking to Kyle. I don't think she's talking to Dorit. And I kind of thought the whole Rena sit coming in and sitting down with Erica was supposed to kind of foreshadow that division, but they did a terrible job with that. That was they really missed the mark yeah, there. That sit down was. It was really weird. Truthfully, what they should have done was had that like be part of the reunion, like part of the finale. Like that should have been to me, like in that footage should have been like six months later, you know, two weeks. Yes. Later the reunion. Yeah. Like, I just feel like that would have like given us a little something to the finale. And of course, like we always have hot takes. Of course, as Bravo's fans, we always have the better ideas of what you should do. But <laughs> that would have been more interesting than seeing Erica's like fake tan and the fake conversation and Rena's like overreaction of wow. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. I um yeah. Rena, oh Rena, 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 Rena. She gave me a headache and like a and whiplash. I guess I say whiplash. The way that she was like, I can't believe you don't trust me. And Harry Hamlin thinks you don't look happy and he wants to know what's happened to you. And then she like gets up and is like, we need to resolve this. Why aren't we friends? I'm like, I am so confused by you. It was a lot. And I'm kind of surprised like Andy didn't interject more. It was very, very interesting. I felt like we were on you know, it was like a roller coaster. I truly like there was highs and lows and the lows like, Hey, so like Garcelle, um, said that Rena allegedly in a text conversation, potentially, I can't remember the details, but had made a comment how she didn't like how the, gar- the race factor that Garcelle brought to the show. Rena immediately snapped at her and then was like, you know, and she, 
ultimately got this out of Garcelle because she really wanted to get to the root of why doesn't Garcelle like her? And Garcelle brought that up and she's like, I'm pissed. I want to know, do you think she, do you think there's truth to that? I think someone told Garcelle that this was said. I, I believe that. Uh, kind of like how, like we talked about on radio and uh, on Meet Amy Phillips show on um, Radio Andy that um, I I think it was like a bad game of telephone. I don't see Rena saying that because when Garcelle did really break down in front of the women, and I hated that it had to come to that. And we talked about I talked about it with Moni last week. But Rena was the first to say that, like, this is the most vulnerable I've seen you, and it's really beautiful. And like, I mean, a majority of her talking about that was about race and about being Haitian and not feeling like she fits in, and that she's always the odd man out. So I don't, I don't know. I just feel like I, I think we would have seen something where, in a confessional, she would have said something like, "I don't know why, you know, she always makes it about her race, why she doesn't fit in, you know, no one's like." you know, no one is leaving her out because she's a black woman or something like that. I mean, there was just no comment that ever led me to think that that maybe Rena had said that. So I just think maybe it was a bad game of telephone and it was miss like miscommunication and misrelay to Garcelle. But I don't think Garcelle made it up. I don't think she said it as a dig. I think she saved it for the reunion because that's what these women do. But, um, I'd like to believe Garcelle didn't say, I mean, that Rena didn't say it and that Garcelle was maybe just told information from someone who misheard. I'm with you. I feel like Rena, I, again, and this is like, you know, the narrative that I want to believe. And I, I'm with you. Like, I think Garcelle's telling the truth. I'm hoping something did get misconstrued. Or, you know, I do think some of these women, and we saw it throughout the season, especially the conversation that Kyle and Garcelle had, like, my, sometimes people don't realize like microaggressions and little comments that may not seem like a big thing could be a big thing. So I could also see that could have happened as well. Um, I don't know to what extent, however, like again, because someone makes a comment that may um, be a microaggression or um, semi-offensive or, you know, potentially racist. I think as long as in that situation, that person were to acknowledge, it doesn't mean the person is, like racist, you know, like I, I, and I'm not saying Rena is, and I'm not saying she did say anything. Right. I'm just like thinking, um, you could you say know. something wrong yes. and, and not mean, not have any hate in your heart and just say something wrong. Like yes. we've all been I guilty mean, Sutton, of that. I mean, Sutton and yeah. Crystal, <laughs> like yeah. truly, like I thought right. that was like their interactions. So I don't know. I, I, I really want those two to be friends I feel like I would enjoy seeing the fun side between them. I do feel like Garcelle is hurt that Rena never really had her back. Never like just, and meaning Rena shot back. I didn't agree with you, but also she didn't like try to get to the root of what Garcelle was getting at. She just, for someone who's been friends with or known each other for 20 years, you would think those two women came into Beverly Hills, like not knowing each other at all. Yeah. I don't, I like want to, I need to see like footage of them like together at a party 15 years ago. Like what, I mean, it seemed like they were actually good friends from what they're saying. And I'm just, like you said, I'm not seeing that history there. The way Rena and Eileen acted and they were on it, you know, they were on days of our our lives together and they knew each other for a long time. You could see that history there. You could tell they really knew one another. I'm not seeing that with Garcelle and Rena. I kind of feel like they might've been party friends. And like yeah. their interactions were always fun, intoxicated or buzzed. 
like on the surface, but nothing now. Yeah. And now they're (laughs) sober and now like see parts of each other they don't like, especially on Rena. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting. So I watch, watch what happens live with Garcelle and Garcelle did say that they're good, that everything's been squashed. And then uh, Andy straight up asked her, like, do you believe like she didn't say that? And she said it was very much like a yes, like a little bit hesitant, but she said yes. So I'm going to choose to believe that that beef is squashed and we're moving forward as they like to say. Yes. We're moving on. We're starting a new, a new beginning. Uh, I will say, so I did not love Dorit for 98% of this part one until the very end. Well, towards the very end, Rena and Garcelle are making up. And first of all, Dorit gives the best line because you know, Rena stands up and she turns to Crystal and goes, she just wanted to show off her outfit. She didn't really want to go over there and give her a hug. But I loved that then Dorit's like, you know, is this real? Is this real? And Erica's like, don't push it. And um, Dorit quickly is like, I wasn't talking to you. Like the way she said, I'm like, oh my God, like this is these little side bar, like co- interactions and comments. Like that's where the drama is going to be for these four parts. That's truthfully too. Like we want to know, like after things have been filmed, like clearly Kyle, like, can we just talk about the lack of Kyle? Like literally did not say a word. All that she offered were her expressions. She stayed very quiet, which I feel like was calculating and maybe smart on her end to not weigh on on anything. Oh, I think it's genius. I think Kyle as much as like everyone's like, oh, Kyle's such a shit disturber and she walks away and she does. But that's kind of the beauty of like a housewife like that. You don't always want a Rena who's going to be like, I did say that. And I was being an asshole. Like you need somebody who's just like kind of producing and behind the scenes, like stirring up shit. And I think she really knows when to step in and when not to. And I think she played it perfectly. There was really no reason for her to get involved in any of the conversations that were happening for this part one minus her sister minus when Kathy came on. Yeah. Minus Kathy in the set. What'd you think of the set? I think it's really weird that they modeled it after Kathy Hilton. Like I get, she's a beautiful home, but she's a friend of, she's not a full-time cast member. This is her first season on there. They didn't hang out there that much. Like they played tennis in the backyard. We saw the dining room. But I wasn't, it wasn't like that house was like a focal point and we, they're at the house all the time. Um, I had the exact same thought. Like they really weren't there. I mean, they're better off like having the room where that dinner happened. Like the pink walls are like, (laughs) I think there are pink walls, but yeah, no, I had the exact same thought. I thought it was, it was very random. And I think Bravo was like latching on everyone's love of Kathy and was like, let's just make it Kathy's backyard. Why not? (laughs) So anyways, that's, those, that's my two cents on that. Yeah. Before we move on to EJ, your take on Sutton's love life. I feel really bad for her. Um, I don't think there's anything worse than being dumped on Valentine's day. And he basically said to her, I just can't anymore. And she's like, you really can't, you can't have a comeback for that. And I'm like, I just, it just made me sad. You could tell she was upset about it. Um, I'm hoping she's like, honestly, I would love to see her with like somebody younger and really good looking. Like she doesn't need somebody with money. She's got plenty of it. Not saying she should only date someone for money, but like she's good on her own. I think she should just date somebody like fun and young that is going to appreciate her quirkiness. 
Wow. Someone younger. I did not expect that. I picture her with someone like truly like an equal, like someone divorced like her, who's also like as equally eccentric. Like that's just kind of what I picture for her. I picture someone like maybe European. I could see that because she kind of some like not quite a Sonia Morgan, but she has some Sonia quirkiness to her. Um, I don't know. I just would love to see her somebody like really, really good looking and young. Cause I, when you look at her, who she's hanging out with and when she's like really having fun and like in her element on her Instagram, it's always younger men. Um, I think she hangs out at a lot of gay bars. So I don't know if that's really where she's going to find her next, um, romance, but, um, I feel like she's just young at heart. Um, all right, let's go to EJ. She clearly was prepared by her lawyers for the first part. But towards the end, she was not ready for some of the answers that she was being grilled on. No. Or some of the questions. I mean, I feel like the amount of time she acknowledged the victims in the beginning, which she had never has done really this entire season without being asked or prompted, was like, to me, she it felt very prepared by her lawyer. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, I kind of died. The victims first. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. I kind of died at like, oh, I slept great no nerves. Like it's just like such an error. She's answer. such a liar though too. Cause he's like, what's, you know, and he's like, what's new? You know, just like even the way he opened that kind of annoyed me. I hated when she's like, I got the best sleep ever. I'm like, oh, okay, well the victims and they're not alleged victims. I really hated when she said the alleged victims. And I talked about this on um, the show with Amy, like no one's, it's not that they're alleged victims. Like their family members died in a plane crash. They tr- these some of these kids truly are orphans. It's not alleged. There was a plane crash. Now what's alleged is Tom's behavior. But I, even for me, the fact that she said alleged victims just makes me feel like she has no, no warmth in her heart or compassion for them well, at all. And, and say she wants them to be whole. All right. Then where's your 20 million that you were given? Why don't you start giving that out? Yeah. I mean, I think also what's makes it confusing with the alleged thing is that she is saying some of the stories that she shared initially, like let's say <laughs> the burglary, uh, the car rolling down. The second time she tells it, she throws in the alleged and that's where it gets confusing. And that's, that's like kind of my beef with her, like using it. Um, she's using it. Uh, I don't know. It's like, you're trying to confuse us as viewers. We're like, wait, yeah. you said you this said wasn't it. alleged. This, now yeah. you're saying alleged, like what's going on. But I love that Andy came in hot. I love that he came in blazing already. It got me very excited. I honestly could have skipped the Kathy in this episode for now and got like wanted more of the questions, which I know we're going to get in part two, three, and four. I'm really curious like how they're going to chop it up like in terms of chapters because I feel like you can have one hour of just Andy grilling her. But are we going to get... like? I'm just trying to think of how they're going to break out the rest of the... I think we're going to get him asking her a lot of direct questions and then we're going to get women's reactions to how things went this season. And we're going to, that's probably going to be two parts, like two of the four. Um, They're going to do some montage of Kathy, the way she talks. We know we see Kathy and um, Kyle crying. So there'll be something about their relationship. And, you know, I'm guessing we'll get to a crystal and Sutton piece as well as but I don't know, are they going to like tease us and kind of like do a little bit of Erica, then go to Sutton and Crystal, then go back to Erica and how the women felt about it, then go to Kyle and Kathy, then go back to Erica. Like I, I, yeah, I want to know the flow of how they're going to do it. Well, and sometimes we've learned that they film things like we get things not in the correct order. 
the reunion. Yes. Like I know that's, I don't know how we know this, but we know this to be true. Like, cause if you think about it, if you're going sequential order by the season, we should have talked about Sutton and uh, Crystal first. Right. Anyways, that was the first big thing to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting into details, but it's been great. It's obviously we've spent like a good, like feels like 30 minutes talking about I think this, we have. So, yeah. So Let's we do a can, quick, we yeah. can move on to the other things and make them quick. So pump, um, I love Abby's note says we just can't really my take on pump. I don't know how Brock is really going to like come up back from that. Like I I'm very confused. So if you haven't been watching Brock, uh, pump Brock says he hasn't seen his kids in four years. He moved from Australia. His ex has custody and I don't know. He hasn't seen he doesn't them. FaceTime so them. Nothing. It's very um, weird. And I don't know what explanation you have for that. That's going to like make you look good. Truly. Like I, I really don't. It was the way he, they delivered it too. Like, and even, I love kind of the production, the way they like the editing of the confessionals. Cause it's Lala's like, he hasn't even tried to FaceTime him. And then it cuts to Sheena. It wasn't for lack of trying. And then like, you know, Lala's like getting emotional. Being like, I couldn't imagine not seeing ocean for four years. And you know, then it cuts to Sheena being like, there's more to it. And then the whole, I'm really glad that he brought it up because we had been talking about it quite a bit in the Bravo world, how it was really weird that he had a daughter named winter and they decided to name this daughter summer. And you know, I get like, Sheena's like, now they're saying that, you know, he's replacing his other daughter. Well, I would probably feel that way, the same way too. If, you know, like if the names are kind of like opposites and you're now you're living with this woman and I don't ever see you, like how would a kid at that age take it any other way? And it just, I guess for me, the, the most heartbreaking part of it is just that he has these two daughters out there that might get to watch the show. And that's the only time they see their dad. Like yeah, they, they don't see just, him any other way. It just feels yucky. And yeah. If anything, if, if he's smart and anyone who reps Brock is listening, uh, which I doubt, but my advice is that he needs to ad- admit he's a shitty, like, I, I hate to say shitty dad, but like, just acknowledge fault because I don't know how you can redeem that. Like, I, I really don't like, you know, That's uh, yeah, hot take. You, you can't, you um, can't, you can't hot take. Okay. Archella. Oh God. All right. They got engaged. My biggest thing with this is why is Sandoval footing the bill for this proposal? Why did it fall on him? Sandoval does weird shit. Yeah. I'd be like, Hey, I'm really happy for you. And I'll help like you like coordinate it. But like, he was like signing so many checks and James is just like, okay, yeah, this is normal. Yeah. I mean, Sandoval is just, uh, I don't know. Sandoval, I feel like has this like definitely number one guy in the group energy without Jones yeah. there. Like he seems to be like kind of overdoing it in all angles and watching him. Like it just seems like a lot in multiple areas. So, I, I mean, I don't know. He's just being Jax. Jax right. 2.0. Let's go to Salt Lake City. Um, okay. Let's start with Mary's weird ass story. It almost felt like she took a page from Erica Jane's book, but when they, by the time they filmed this, there's no way, like when they filmed this, this was well before we got to hear Erica tell, you know, a story about Tom's house was broken into. He confronted the burglar, blah, 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 blah. But she like walks in. She was like, this girl from our church was ejected through the sunroof 
fell, like went down a cliff. And then I think she's like waiting to see if anyone's like reacting 30 feet. And then Whitney's daughter's like, is she still alive? <laughs> Mary's like, no, no. And then the dance, but I'm happy to be here. I was like, this is the most bizarre thing I've witnessed on television. It was the strangest story. Honestly, to me, it like felt like it felt like someone trying to deliver a joke and like fail in the delivery. <laughs> yeah. Like it was very much bad that kind of energy. Up. Yeah. Like it was very bad. And also why share that story? Like it was with so little strange. kids. And she's like, wear your seatbelt. I'm like, you just traumatized them. Like after you brought so them weird. cookies, it was, it so, was weird. so weird, but she makes great TV. I, I you guys, I, you I know, mean, we say this, like, I don't know that Mary is a good person at all, but I enjoy watching her weirdness on television. So I think it's amen. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's talk about Jen and Brooks, which I would love to talk to Brooks. Like I would love to see him on watch what happens live and have Andy ask him like, how did you really feel about that apology? I think he just wanted it to be over. And I think he realized, cause he's a lot more mature than Jen. If he basically was like, I forgive you and we can move on that. She would stop liking and retweeting the, the negative tweets but I don't really know if I feel like her apology was all that sincere. I am watching her. I'm like, you are the adult. Brooks is 19, which to some people is an adult. But to me, like, and especially her as a mom, he's still a kid. Like he's still, you know, a child. She sat at the bar. It was like she was babysitting him. It's just, I just felt like the way she was talking to him, she wasn't thinking about his life and his shoes and everything. And she even like when she apologized and said that she had outed him, which was kind of shitty to even say that because he doesn't even He's know. not out. Yeah, right. exactly. It's just, I don't know. I just felt like she didn't get it, but I do feel like Brooks handled it as well. And as classy, I feel like a part of me would have loved to have been like, you suck and gone off on her a little bit, but he definitely, you know, has a little Meredith in him and didn't want to engage with her. Yeah. Yes. Just disengage. It is. I mean, it's a great approach because it, that definitely had it been somebody else could have led to a lot of yelling and screaming and a glass being thrown as we've seen Jen Shaw do, but this um, seemed to resolve. And honestly, I hope it gets her to stop talking about Brooks. That's I think the biggest thing going after someone's kid and just, you know, having people question his sexuality when it's not really something he's ready to talk about at 19. I feel like it just isn't very fair. Mm -mm. You know what else isn't fair that Bravo is trying to force the like Salt Lake men to be like the Jersey guys. It's terrible. They don't have chemistry. I'm not like, I felt like it seemed like they all were like told they had to show up and be there. I don't think it was like the guys really just wanted to hang out and have a guy's night. Yeah. And they're like, oh, let's talk about our sex lives. And like, I, it really bothered me when Meredith's husband was like, oh, Meredith doesn't care if I have sex with her as long as she's not awake. Only just because like in this world that we're in now, and there's people that have come forward talking about how like you can be raped by a husband. Like, I just was like, eh, is this really the best like joke to be making right now in the world we live in? I just, to me, I don't know. I just am like, do guys really like sit and talk about sex like that? I mean, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm clearly probably being a little naive and I'm sure someone listening right now is like, well, yes, they do. <laughs> but it just seems like, so like, 
early 90s like Budweiser commercial yeah. to me like I don't know so that's what I'm getting from it but that was interesting um what else was interesting Heather's story about sex it's a pop-up the chickens you're a Catholic like, girl tell me how do you learn about sex well we so we did not learn about it that way it was funny well one I also went to public school until high school so um I don't know how Catholic school handled it um like at the middle school age when sex ed came up but I watched a video, um, learned, learned a lot, um, in that video. Do you remember that day in school? Like where they separated the boys and the girls. And then you like came back after watching the movie and it was like, you didn't want to look at the boys. Cause like, it was just like, it was a weird realization that we all, all were changing. Yeah. And then you had like the Tampax, like Tampax, oh, you had the tampons and the pads that they give you. Yes. And did you like, Oh my God, it was just, I, I was mortified. Um, ours also gave us a deodorant, which I was like, I've been using deodorant because we did this in fifth grade. I'm like, I've been using deodorant for like two years now, but, um, maybe some people hadn't at that point. I don't think I was, I, I, um, fifth grade got my period in fifth grade. You did? Yes. That's really early. I know. And I also, I think probably started using deodorant and I will never forget. I wanted to shave my legs so badly because this one girl like who had gotten boobs right away and everything has shaving her legs. I, like, I want to be like this girl. And my mom had said no. But when I came home from school, she had shaving cream and uh, razor blades on my bed. And I was so excited. Like the first, I like went immediately to shave my legs. Uh, my mom told me I couldn't shave my legs and I didn't listen and used her razor oh. and cut the shit out of oh, my legs. Your knees. I bet your my knees, knees were so, cause I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, my knees were terrible and I just like walked out with like, <laughs> I tried to like pat the blood with like toilet paper and all that. And like, you could just see it. Like my mom was like, you shaved your legs, you idiot. Um, <laughs> like, no, I didn't, but I don't remember what grade that was. It must've been fourth grade. Cause it was in my, like, uh, we lived in a different house at the time. Cause I distinctly remember the bathroom, but anyway, sex, um, for Catholics, we are all about it. If you're married, cause you should be having tons of kids, um, is what they used to say, but I, I didn't have to figure it out through chickens. I don't know if I would have put two and two together with the chicken thing though. I was just like, Oh, like, I don't know. Like her story was just, it was hard for me to follow. It honestly, to me, almost feels a bit more crude than just talking about the act of sex itself. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. Like, it's just like the pop-up book. The whole thing was strange. Okay. So you know what else I think is kind of strange? Let's stop trying to make Lisa and Whitney happen. It's not going to. It's there, not, You know what I mean? It just yeah. feels so forced. I'm like, it's like, I just like them better as enemies. And I think we're going to get that in the next episode, but it just felt meh. Yeah. Completely, completely agree. Um, Potomac. Oh my God. This episode. So I've been saying, I feel like I've been trying to manifest this, but I know it's not going to happen in my mind though. Karen and Giselle would be the best duo in housewives history. And we got a little snippet of that. And I, I mean, it was maybe my favorite part of the episode. So I'm leading with that, even though it was right in the middle. Um, so let's just talk about Robin and Giselle showing up. Yeah. Giselle shows up in a boot. The end of the fight. The end of the salad fight. Yeah. I died at Wendy making a comment, like, not my good wig. Like, that was <laughs> that was great. Robin and Giselle deciding to show up and then get the shitty rooms with no bathrooms. The no bathroom thing with, I get their whole point, because there's also, like, men in the house. So it's like, 
some women might, might not feel like comfortable walking around with like a towel wrapped around them to go up the step. Like I would feel a little bit uncomfortable with that, with like someone's husband that I don't know very well. Well, I mean, especially Gordon who's sticking his tongue out. <laughs> he is disgusting. I, I'm sorry. I just can't like the man is. He's like a lot. Yeah. So inappropriate. Yeah. So they are all so fucked up, but while everyone's so shit based because Giselle shut up, they have your moment. They had a good little Kiki as Karen likes to say, they had a good moment talking about um, sexual positions and sexual, like tea bagging. I I mean, I just loved it. Like it was cracking me up and even like Giselle was like, I like this Karen. Like, this is fun. Like I just, they were cracking me up. Karen, the way Karen was responding to the stuff. And I think Ashley being there was a great little buffer, like in talking about it, but I I truly could not get enough of those two. It was so great. And then, I mean, of course, so they get to the restaurant um, before Candace and Ashley get after it again. Um, Karen, of course, has to tell people about Ray and their 25 year wedding anniversary. That was like, I loved it. I mean, I mean that moment. I loved it so much. I aspire to have that much confidence that I just assume everyone in the world knows my husband. Yeah. Candace and her damn fights. I just, she truthfully like has, she doesn't know when to stop. Like, I don't know. It's like, she's her own worst enemy. She really is. Like sometimes too, I feel like she starts with like some decent points and then she shoots herself in the foot. Like it just, I don't, I don't agree with any of it. The comments she made about, Ashley and the slave owner and the milkmaid, like those were disgusting comments. Those were really, I mean, bad. And Chris, like, God, Chris, like, ugh, not envious of you. I, I actually have a lot of respect for Chris. Like, I really appreciate someone who can support their partner, but also tell them in a nice way when they're wrong and when they need to just be a bigger person and when they need to let something go. And he does a really good job of that with Candace. Like he, yeah, he got up and walked away, but it's not like he like yelled at her in front of everybody. Like, I just, I think like he clearly was upset about it and I don't blame him. I would really be sick of it. Like if it was my husband always starting a fight with somebody when we're in these group settings, like I would be so sick of it. You know, I, you, he walks in and she's like screaming and throwing salad at Mia and now she's yelling at Ashley and it just, um, I, I don't know. I have a lot of respect for him. And I also liked that Dre, the newer guy in the group was the one who went and checked on him. Yeah, no, it was, it was nice. It was a very kind of all over the place episode, but always like even what may be considered a boring housewives episode. I always feel like Potomac always entertains. Oh, so. for sure. Uh, they, I like I said this last time, I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but like the drama that we get, like, yes, it was salad throwing, but it wasn't like a table flip and there there was nobody assaulting one another, which I think is a good thing. But it reminds me of like the the drama and the I don't want to say this is entertaining drama, but it's not like it's not cringe and it's not like, oh my God, like this is uncomfortable continuing to watch someone like Ramona minimize the pain of a black woman sharing her story. Um trying to like, I I don't know the right word for it, but like basically trying to just like, you know, silence her, um, you know, like you don't have that level of like uncomfortableness and like cringe. It reminds me of like old school housewives when it was at their peak. And I really like, that's why I think for Potomac, I get a sense of like nostalgia when I watch it. And I just truly, I mean, a boring episode, air quotes, boring, 
is a great episode of Potomac. Truly. And we're going to get a reunion with Nicki Minaj, which is going to, which is interesting. Oh, I didn't know all that stuff. I know. Nicki, if you guys want to go down a rabbit hole, look up Nicki Minaj, like things about her brother and her current husband. I will just say too, problematic. (laughs) I apologize. I, we posted something about Nikki. I did not know all that. I was just really excited. She was on there. I knew she was not, I knew she was an anti-vaxxer. And so I thought that's why people were like, this is disgusting. I can't believe Bravo is doing this. And I was sort of like, oh, like, I don't always have like a vaccine, non-vaccine debate with everything. Like, can't we just appreciate a rapper who loves housewives? And then someone DM'd us and basically like outlined everything that is problematic about her. So I will apologize. I removed the post. I didn't feel like sharing a long story about it because I then saw that other people had, and I just didn't want us to be hounded in DMs with stuff. But I will just say like, I don't know if it was the best move having her on there. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's pretty problematic. Um, Yep. So we'll just, let's end on a high note. Yes. All right. And do our shout out. Okay. Why don't you go first? Oh, damn. I was, I was, Oh, I know mine. I can go Go first. (laughs) I wanted to give my shout out to Amy Phillips for having us back on her show, but also I will just say, I think majority of you listening, um, are women. I think it's like 98%. Um, and based on DMS and messages, we get, um, majority of you are caregivers. So you're moms, stepmoms, super aunts, great friends that take care of kids a lot. Um, I just like seeing it where there's moms, slash caregivers, supporting other moms slash caregivers. I think um, it's just nice to see it as, you know, Ramona, maybe the nice thing that Ramona <laughs> tries to talk about is women supporting women. And I just, I, she truly um, is a very supportive person and I'm very appreciative of it. And I wish there were more Amy Phillips in the world. Oh, that is a, that's so sweet. And that's so true. She's truly, guys, she's the best. She has an amazing crew. She's a pro. Her impersonations are like insane. Like all you guys, if you don't haven't heard any of her impersonations, which is crazy because I know you have Erica Jane, you will only hear Erica Jane and Amy Phillips impersonation. Like that's all I hear is like, hello. It's like very, she does a very good job. All right. So my shout out, I'm going to give it to Adele. Sad girl fall is here. Her song came out today. Not a fan of the song. And I I love love it. You love it. To me, it sounds too much like everything else, but I do love Adele. I love like, you know, I I love a moment. She's been divorced. She's now dating a guy. Like I I love her. I enjoy her. So I'm just happy that we have some new Adele music to look forward to, even though I I don't like this song too much right now. I think there's probably going to be other ones that you're going to love. I just, I think for me, Adele is like the way you loved John Mayer. That's Adele. Like I, I, she could sing the ABCs and it to me would be like the greatest thing ever. So yeah, there you go. She's a queen. She's a queen. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And if you want to continue to support us, here's a quick and easy and free way to do that. You can leave us a five-star rating or written review. We say it time and time again, but that's how we get to go on shows like Amy Phillips and Radio Andy and get to continue to do this on top of our normal 40 hour a week jobs. And if you want to support us monetarily, please consider joining our Patreon. We tr- that's where we speak headlines, any gossip that we're hearing. We're going to talk about Megan King Edmonds and Abby being in St. Louis. We know she's always got something there. So please consider checking that out. And with that, we will catch you next week. 
You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.